about to listen to the words and teachings of Pastor Shola Oshimakide of the household of David. Be blessed. Oh, what a wonderful Sunday morning. Are you set today? Praise the Lord. Now, if you are coming for the first time or you've not been around in uh, November, you will need to get the message we've been sharing. Now, personally, or we believe, the home is very important to God. Everything comes from there. Families are very important to God. God values families. And He wants Christians to do it the right way so that the world can be filled with godly seed from God. And I think I should also say this right now, you know, whatsoever battle, whatsoever battle you don't conquer, you leave it for your, for your children to fight. Hallelujah. People do not know that when they go about ready to divorce, getting angry over issues, it's beyond the two of you that are in the marriage, you are leaving a serious problem for your children to combat. Hallelujah. Somehow, where there is Whatever you expose your children to, argument, fighting, bashing, it's very unlikely they will get out when they're about your age. You know, people who fight don't really understand. When you think deeply, you want to avoid some things. It's beyond, she said this, I should reply her back. So the kind of legacy you are laying down for those who are watching you. Many people get to their 50s and 60s because they, real, because they realize that they've made mistakes and they've laid the wrong foundation for their young ones to follow. And once the foundation is laid, it's laid. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And now the most painful, your son have opportunity of being in the house of God and they still want to repeat the mistakes of those who don't who are not exposed to the word of God. That's why we've been taking time to share. If you, are, you haven't been able to get the message, I, I remember that it was Duncan Williams, one of the bishops in Ghana, that said that, you know, um, something happened between himself and his wife, and then they separated, and then he was about to divorce, and they had to divorce, and the Spirit of God said something to him, that remember that your great-grandfather divorced his wife at a particular time, your grandpa did the same thing, your dad did the same thing. He said, you see, all of them were not born again. You are a Christian. You have three boys. If you do this, all your three boys before your eyes will divorce their wife, and there's nothing you can do about it. He said, because in your lineage, you are the strongest spiritual, and you are about to go the way of order. Then sense entered him. Some people don't know that it's beyond the argument between the two of you. There is an enemy that wants the home to fall. And don't play into his hands based on unreasonable arguments. Like I said, for some to say sorry is a serious problem. Because you can't see the whole picture. And I said, for service, you know, um, this is not part of, I'm just supposed to tell you this. Listen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Are you with me? See, Adnet, Jesus Christ, where we started from in, in, in Matthew chapter 19, the Lord said something. He said, Moses, because of the hardness of your heart. Hardness of heart is a heart that you put other opinions first before the word of God. When you are talking to a man whose heart is adding, he insists on the father until the wife changes. It's not going to change. When you are talking to a woman whose heart is hard, that means the word of God can penetrate. You made up your mind. Listen, you will not go anywhere and you are not demonstrating a Christian virtue if you are waiting for the other person to change before you change. That is not the Bible way. The Bible way is that I am a man. That's what I tell you. I'm going to do what the Bible says whether you want to or you don't want to. Husband, love you. I'm going to love and respect you even if you don't want to. 
That is Christianity. A woman, she ought to say the same thing. But this thing about people, people, you know, people come to church, they pray. They worship and I said for service. There is a difference between knowing what is right and doing what is right. Everybody knows what is right. But to do it is the problem. So some people when they are doing devotion in the morning, they know that it is wrong to reply back. But they will still reply by the afternoon. The spirit is willing, the flesh is weak. Are you, are you following me? Christianity. I remember, I would never forget. This is, Christians are supposed to be an unusual example. A good marriage can do at times what evangelism cannot do. Hallelujah. When I was serving, I served in NNPC, I do not. When I was serving in NNPC, I remember that I was reading Pastor Bimbo's book on marriage. And then I put it on there because my boss called me and I went out. There were, you know, some of them, I, I spoke with a few of them, but some of them wouldn't, allow, wouldn't even allow a conversion to start in the first place. Because they were dressed from head to toe, you know, covered up. And she was the secretary of our uh, uh, DM fi, uh, finance. And I went out. And she picked the book and she was reading before I came. She knew that was going to be long. So I came back about two hours after. She had read several pages. So when I came, she, she had returned before I came back. She didn't say anything for about one hour. So I said, can I ask you a question? I said, yes. He said, is this what Christianity teaches about marriage? I said, yes. Then she said, ah, you guys are blessed. That is not so with us. I was talking to another lady there, you know, who's, uh, 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 in the world elite government, she too, she would dress covered up, you know. But that year, that was when Arsenal and Barcelona played the Champions League final. And in the Starbucks, we were talking, some of the coppers, and then some, I was trying to remember, who scored that second goal? And I just saw somebody cover. She just stopped. She just possessed Valetti. Valetti scored the goal. All of us guys looked at her like this. You watch ball with the way you, <laughs> you know, we're shocked. So from that time, we started talking, you know. And then she told me one day, said, you know, I read, is I finished Bisa at me in rest of Abuja. And I finished one, she was one of the best students then. She said, but you don't know, I don't know who's talking to my father about marrying me. That might be about a man of 75 years. He said, you guys from the West, you can't understand what we face here. That with all my degrees, a guy can come to my house who's all the teeth gone. Can say, if he tells my father, my father likes the guy, that, and they will just tell that this, this is your husband. There's nothing you can do about it. You know, you've seen one of the past head of state whose daughter married the, as the fifth wife. There's nothing you can do about it. And education doesn't change these things. And she said that, but you guys in Christ, you, have, you seem to have liberty. Unfortunately, there be many Christians whose testimonies are also weak and terrible in this area. You know why? Because we will not allow the word of God to guide us. And I've been talking seriously to those who are, who are here to make this decision. This is not something you rush into. This is something very serious. Don't listen to all this. This is my third week or fourth of talking about. Don't listen to all these messages. Add it to your archive of messages and then do nothing about it. Let it guide you. Don't rush in and rush out. Remember, because we, because of, uh, um, we care much in this part of the world about what people will say. That's why we don't divorce as, uh, the way they do it abroad. It's not that marriages are better. It's just that here, many people are concerned. You know, a person can marry there, your parents will never attend your wedding. It's not an issue. In, a, in Europe, you know, the way they do it in America, you just see a girl and then you go to the altar, you marry. You marry the, the two only two people in the church that they will join you. So if they, they want to disjoin you also, you have to join the two of you, I will get out of my house. But here you have one uncle that will call you, you have one grandma that you will report to, why are you doing this to your wife? So that's why we seem to be together. 
But you know, and I've also told you that you must watch. Okay, so first service I've been talking to on marriage. Now I'm assuming I'm talking to married people. There are different types of marriage, and marriage are different levels. So that you see people together living does not mean there's marriage between them. What's the difference between some people? They are just flatmates. Some are merely cohabiting. They love disappeared a long time ago. What is left? Children are just keeping them together. And interestingly, these are the people who are beginning to prepare their children for marriage again. Ah, don't mind men. If you have not played by the word of God, you are not qualified to teach marriage. You will teach people culture and teach them wrong things. And prepare them for what has happened to you also. Based on your sent sentiment, your fear, and your emotion. And that ought not to be. It's the word of God that should guide us. Are you following me? So people are experiencing different things. So there are those, they are just tagging along. They go to work, they do things together, but they are apart and they know. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Amen. Remember one of the series, I explained the putting away. That putting away, the one that is visible is final divorce. But putting away is beyond that. So people are living together, but they put each other away sexually, emotionally. They are not into each other again, but they are still living together because the children are there. Now, based on where you are going in the future, you have to think about this. Now, I'm talking to those who are already married. And I, in, in between this message, I also want to address those who are, might have made a wrong choice. I mean, it is apparent to them right now that they have made a wrong choice. Uh, that divorce is not the option. The mercy of God is greater and you can reconstruct certain things. But I just want to read from Ecclesiastes chapter 4 verse 9 today. today. God's purpose for marriage. That's what I want to look at. Because when purpose is not known, they say abuse is inevitable, and it is true. Until everybody understands, the one who created marriage, why did they create marriage? Otherwise, you start gambling. Now, I said that to the unmarried ones, but you are, I'm assuming, you know, second service, I structure my words as though talking to married people already. So I'm assuming that everybody here, so I'm assuming. Oh, that so I know you are not married for sure, but I'm assuming you are married <laughs> by faith. Amen. Hallelujah. So there are many married there. So if you are not married, just do like a married person. Now, if you are not married, adjust your seat and sit like a married person. So that you won't distract me. <laughs> Hallelujah. Just do like a, look like someone that is married to the six months, you can get married and that changes your status. <laughs> Amen. So we read this whole service and I want to start from this again. The Bible said that two are better than one. You can't you can go against this. If for some reasons, you are here and you begin, you are feeling that you are better off alone. There is already a problem. In marriage, a marriage that is right. This is the word of God. And remember the beginning, Genesis chapter 2. God said, it is not good for man to be alone. So, two are better than one. One. Number two, witness. It is not good for man to be alone. Hebrews 13, number 3. The Bible said that marriage is honorable. Any other thing you hear from any man, it's not a bed of roses, it's not this, it's not from the Bible. We are believers and the word of God. These are fabrications of men based on their experiences because they won't submit to the word of God. So they start telling people what is not in the Bible. I choose to go with God, not men. Men told us it's not a bed of roses, but Bible says marriage is honorable, I choose God. And nobody is other than God, so nobody can tell me. Hallelujah. So, the you know, Bible says, the people say, it's, it's, marriage is full of ups and downs. I have not seen that in the Bible. So, I cannot believe you. Because you are not God. But I believe God. Are you following me? This is hard for people to answer. They have told them all their lives. It's not bad or So, so when, when they hear preachers like us, they get angry. What are they telling us? I'm telling you exactly what the Bible says. You can choose to believe what tradition says or what the Bible says. And then, remember, tradition doesn't stand a chance here. We've dealt with that before, Right? That in the days of our form, they, they, they can't mentor us in marriage. 
In many years back, the roads were easily divided. Men will go to fight, women will stay at home. African cultural marriage setting came from there. They did not anticipate that there will be internet women walking like this, women dressing like this, women even becoming MD. Some women hand hair and more than their husband. And culture didn't foresee all those things. But you see, God saw it. When God finished preparing marriage, He gave a man and He said, This manual will work in the primitive days of man. It will work in internet age. When we go beyond internet, like I said, and our phones are in our palm, it will still work. But that looks like the next level of technology. All of us will become like native doctor. When you want to die, just tear your palm. <laughs> and everything shows on your palm. <laughs> like it, it looks like that's where technology is going now. Check. Your phone will soon be on your palm. So you look like a native doctor. You stand on the road. And you, what's, what's wrong with that guy? <laughs> you want to check your friend's phone or your husband's phone. Can I see your palm? Like a palm reader. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> so, in this Proverbs chapter 4, Evil's reasons are recorded here by the wisest man in Old Testament. But the Bible says all scriptures are given by the inspiration of God. So this is not Solomon talking. The Bible says only men spoke as they were moved by the Spirit. So let's think that these are the words of the Holy Spirit. So the Bible says that two are better than one. The first thing, they are good reward for their labor. And this will also apply to marriages that are experiencing some turbulence. Hear me very well. The first thing that you should consider is... And I said that to the young people, do not marry a man whose assignments you do not know. I am not talking about his job or his profession. Profession is not assignment. Profession can be connected to the assignment, but every man born of God, every born again child of God, has an assignment on earth to fulfill. And as a woman, the direction God is taking your man is what you are called to partner with him, so, you must let the first marriage, which I share in the Bible, the only perfect marriage in the Bible, Genesis chapter 2, God gave man assignment. He said, till the garden. And he looked at man as he was embarking on that assignment. He said, let me give you a woman to help you. And God did not give him help mate. He gave him help meat. I spoke about that length. Check the Bible. Words, every word in the Bible is very important. So, God gave man, so help. So, help she came to help him. That's what the Bible says. That he that finds a wife, finds a good thing. And obtains favor. It's a blessing of God. It's an endorsement of God on the assignment that he has given you. But as a man, you have to... So, the first thing people should check in their marriage. All men that are here. What is driving you? What is God's assignment for your life? I'm not talking about preaching or pooping to anything. But what has God sent you to this world for? If you don't really, really know... It will really affect how you maximize the joy that should be in your marriage. And since you are married, you the wife, you have to join your husband in rediscovering this. Even in marriages that are in shambles, that are having issues, this is the starting point. Go back and rediscover the original purpose. And in my marriage, of my heart to pray to find out exactly. Because you are coming together as, as under it is, as its foundation as this thing I'm saying. Is the foundation of your coming together. That's why I tell people that in making... See, when you know these five things I'm about to say, it becomes very easy to evaluate. Those of you that are not married yet, you evaluate a man with it. It doesn't fit to reject him. I mean, there's no time to waste. I'm not going to waste my time and look at somebody's face. At the expense of destiny. Our appearance will fade with time. So we should ask ourselves more important questions. 
If the guy doesn't look like somebody that has a clue about what God has called him to do, he does not even know. Forget about it and move. Maybe later he can get himself. When he gets himself right, he will meet another woman. But go look for somebody whose assignment you are part of. So that's the part of for Bible says that two are better than one because they have good reward for their labor. Together they are called to do some things together. The man leads, the woman partners and supports, and then a good reward will come from it. Every woman, as a wife, you are part of your husband's as that's what you pray for him to know. It's assignment. You are part of the direction he's going in life. You are the help sent by God to help him achieve that goal. That is why you are here with him. Hallelujah. So this is the first thing that God looks at. It, I, I can't say one is more important than the other, but I'm just arranging the way it's arranged here. But we, maybe next week we we'll look at which one is more. But I, I, I said a bit of this on first service, so I don't want to dwell too much on this. But I want, if you are, if you, if, if, see sometimes, eh, when romance is disappearing, when the wine is finishing, go and check this thing. This thing will always cause new wine to spring forth in your marriage. When the two of you know exactly what you are doing on the face of the earth, it bypasses sex and romance. This keeps you together. And when this is not there, nothing can substitute for this. We should understand. Couples that do well to say, somehow, those who get it right in European countries, even among those who are non-Christians, they seem to understand this thing. So you see the husband and wife doing the same thing. And I'm not necessarily saying you should do the same work, but I'm just saying that there is an assignment. There is a direction. That the two of you are supposed to lead your family. There is a way you there is a place you are going. So you you have to know it and work together. Once this is not known, go back and pray. Go back to the drawing board. It might just look like rat race when this is not known. Then you start wasting energy on many other things. Hallelujah. I know this is in, this is enough to for some people to go on with and go back to and ask myself. Look at your wife and look at us. But what exactly are we doing in this world? What's the plan? Okay, you walk, you hand, I hand. But that's not all that's not all about what God has for us. Because this assignment will affect your children. So where are we going? Why why is this marriage here? And what is this marriage destined by God to achieve? What are we what is our coming together all about? This is very important. Then we move to the next one. And maybe, uh, maybe this is where, what I want to... For if they fall, one will lift up his fellow. But one to him that is alone, where they fall, and he has no other to help him up. <laughs> if they fall, one will lift his fellow. But one to him that is alone, when he falls, not if. And I'm saying that fall does not mean that your husband will go sleep with another woman. <laughs> or your wife will do this. There are many types of fall. It means, many times... He is about to take a wrong decision. She is about to make a wrong move. The way God designed marriage, when it is rightly, when it is being rightly practiced, one of you will always see when something will not go right. And no matter how great you are as a guy or as a woman, you are not perfect. You will fall in your dismaking. You will fall in your thinking. There are times you will think something is why you want to do it, but the other person will know. And I gave an example for service. All great marriages on earth. You hear stories of how the husband nearly took a job, but the wife helped him. Don't I do still say this about his wife? How the wife nearly, some of the men will talk about the present, what 
Maybe some of them read medicine and have an uncle ladder. But what they are doing right now is even from their profession. It was a conversation with the wife that unraveled the real assignment that is bringing blessing to their lives now. Not what they read in school. If they fall one, and no matter how great you are as a woman, no matter how calculated you are, you will make mistakes. But the other person will see it, except you are not praying together. Because it's God's perfect plan. He will use one to lift up the other one. The Bible, it's impossible for the two of them to fall at the same time. I'm going to show you a story to know that however great a person is, this applies. Let's do something from Exodus chapter 4. I'm sure this is, you won't expect this to come from this part of the Bible, but check this out. Moses just had an encounter with God. And at this point, I might speak a little to women. Listen to me. However great your husband is, if you are not wasting time, you are wasting destiny. It grieves me to see in society, women who will start with their husband. Or will believe in him in his face of having nothing. Stay with him. Once that man becomes prosperous, the enemy will turn the prosperity against the woman. That's when he will feel that she's not fine enough. If your husband is moving and you are there enjoying his work, you will soon find out that in life we get what we are, not what we want. And that she that lives in pleasure, the Bible says she's dead while she's alive. One of our professors in UI, his wife was just a secondary school liver. And she was looking at him till he became professor. But when they married, the wife was not. She went to write jam and all those after their marriage. Now she's also a professor in psychology now. But this other one that I mentioned, when my, my, that, that I used to know in school, till the man was a professor, the woman was still a school leaver. She, did, she, was, she didn't even go to university. You go to the house, she will tie her pie in the morning. No wonder the old man started finding some younger girls outside. It's not an excuse for a man to do something wrong. But I'm just saying that don't set up yourself. This is why those who want to sit down, we, last week I, I taught you about the virtuous woman. Go and read Proverbs 31. Her husband became great. Maybe we'll get to that next week because the Bible says that they recognize the husband among the elders at the gate because of the wife. Gate in Old Testament, a place of authority. The Bible says that the gate of hell shall not prevail. The highest authority in the town in those days, the gates. If the enemy took over your gate, that was the end. So all disputes were settled at the gates. Gate was everything. Everything then in those days. So in the place of highest authority, when you see a virtuous woman, she is the reason why her husband is being lifted up. It's going. So it's a mutual thing. Not that somebody is staying, receiving everything. Those who do that will not last. Don't do anything. Just stay at home. So she's just staying at home. And all she's doing is watching African magic. Even if he says don't work, maybe because he can't read in the house, can't add value to yourself. Now there are online courses. But you want to stay back and be watching TV. Once you start understand this, even as a man, if you, have, if you start becoming prosperous and you become like a desica, you are watching everything, playing around, you will lose that wealth. God didn't create man to, to be I do. It doesn't work. If you are here to get a job and you are waking up by 10 o'clock and everything, you are adding problems. That time, a job will come because you are praying, number one. A job will come because you have applied, number two. But between the coming of the job, can you rise up and doing something? Before he started working where he's working, I wrote a book. Can you do something? Sometimes it is those, those things you are doing by the way. You will now get a job. After five years at the job, it is those things that will bring your name out in the country. 
Don't neglect. Don't. Don't. See, I would rather say, even if a guy says that, all I do is to wake up in the morning to go and play lawn tennis, and he's doing it diligently, he's better than the one that is sleeping in the house. Because the Bible talks about the one that loves sleep will come to poverty. Solomon would have said that the one that loves TV. Because of time, because they didn't have TV there, so it's TV that people watch. Are you, are you with me? Is somebody, is somebody following me? So the Bible said that if they fall, fall will happen at thinking level. This is why when the Bible says, I hate divorce, some translation put that I hate putting away. And I explained it. Many people are living together, but they put each other away. Some of us have seen it in our parents. They put each other away. Now the man plans alone. She is not part of our plan. He will fall. Now she plans alone. She hides all her money. It's not part of the whole thing again. Since when has marriage degenerated into this in some people's life? Now secrets are kept. With the person they are supposed to be one with. At that level you've already separated. You put each other away. It has moved from what I said last week. From of me to with me. The married God creator should be the flesh of my flesh. That was what Adam said when he first saw the woman. But after the fall, when God came down chapter 3, he said that the woman you gave to be with me, from of me to with me. If wife or your husband is of you, you can't cut off your body. We can separate from somebody that is with us, but we can't separate from someone that is of us. Of us means that you are part of my life. If you go, I die. If you they remove you from my life, something goes. T.L. Osborne's wife died at age 80 something. There's the husband. Tell husband I've been around the world healing. Now the woman died. She was a year older than Tell husband. So I think she died when she was 83. When they went to Tell husband's out, the way was mourning. For weeks and months, he couldn't go out to preach because her 83 year old wife died. And they said that we have been part. The wife said something one time. I was watching an interview. She was just joking with Donald T- TBN. At the point, they were the couples that spoke with the highest number, spoke to the highest number of congregation in the world. You know, evangelists go around the world. And T.L. Osborne was, the wife was teasing him and talking to the owner of TBN. He said, look at him. When he wants to go to any African country, he said to me, I do all the grand work. He comes when the crowd gathers to preach and they hail him. And T.L. Osborne said, it's true. That I can't do anything without my, if I'm going to a city, T.L. Osborne would not go to any city without his wife going there first. She will go there for with organized prayer, everything, when everything is said, tell over comes in like the man. His wife said so, and he said, he said it's true. That she does all the groundwork. I come to show. I preach miracles, but they don't know who has been praying and everything. Partner. So when she died, they knew that something left. That is a marriage that is of me. Hallelujah. Not the one that the crocodile tears. Uh, 54, 56. I love my wife. On the following minutes, what in Jolo Jago, you know. Enjoy it. <laughs> if I was thinking of killing you before, <laughs> God made the job faster. So, <laughs> go. Hallelujah. <laughs> are, you, are you with me? If they fall, let's see that story next one and I'll begin to close. It's already enemy. Hallelujah. Say, make up your mind. Your children will be mighty or not. Say, Amen. amen. The only reason that it's not listed in this part, that in another part, which we'll look at next week, is that part, that's the sixth reason for marriage. That they might produce a godly seed. Oh, godly seeds are needed right now. When you see a real Christian home, the children are full of boldness but love outside. 
it is difficult for corruption to come into them. When you see a real Christian home, you see that strength and that virtue in their children. Why will a boy hit a woman when he has never seen or heard the father threaten to do such? It becomes foreign to the guy to think of doing that. The daughter will grow up respecting men. She doesn't need to date a boy. Whether she dates or somebody or not, she respects men. She has seen the love and the honor from her mom to the father. Their mindset has been shaped by their parents at home before them stepping out. And this is wonderful. One of our senior friends, somebody in our generation, recently about uh, eight weeks ago, they went to withdraw their daughter from hostel and said that no, she has to live with us. That we can't trust what hostel will do to her. And the girl was a home where if your child was coming discouraged, at the gate of the house, joy will enter in. Where they can talk to you as a parent about anything. They know that there are things that you will scold them of, but they are still willing to tell you. They found light and trust in the family. You and their husband and wife, you sit down, the children are happy to sit down with you. They are not sensing tension. This is God's plan. And these are the things that singles don't look at in making choices. Can this person... Let me talk to guys that are... If you are not married, hear me very well. One of the fundamental questions you should ask... Two things. Number one, and I've said it too. Can she, can this woman be part of my assignment? Do I really even know the assignment? And the next question you should ask is that... If I fall, does she have the spiritual capacity to lift me? And she'll ask the same thing as a woman... What's this guy's assignment? And does he have the spiritual capacity? What about if I'm depressed? What about if everything is so tense at work? What about if there's a situation? Can this guy, can I get home, get a word from him, by him just cuddling and saying something to me, I am sure that all is well. Or I get home, as I am worrying myself to death about what has taken place in the office, you are warning also about who, is he, who the guy is sending SMS to. And what I just said is the reality of some people. They are being battered at work, being battered at home also. The job is about dropping targets on their head there and there. At the same time, she must police the man because she is now the chief security officer in the house. You don't know what is watching on the internet, but you are sure it's something dirty. Why did you allow... See, sometimes, we should, and I've said this one, that you should ask yourself, why you reject some women and choose some? And you should ask yourself, why you reject some men and choose some? What is it that drives you towards some people? It's a thing that you need to address. Because sometimes I see people, there's a perfect guy that you know, he will give you the leadership you need, but you don't want to go for that one. But you want somebody that you know that leadership why this is zero. Why do you want to incur liability? Look at this one. Verse 20. Let's start from 23. You know, in this chapter 4, that was when Moses, God was trying to send Moses to Egypt and he first said, I, I won't go. I'm in Tamara. Was given one excuse after that. Finally, he accepted to go. God is very funny. Huh? This is one of the... People find this passage of the Bible very confusing. But it's not today. I will explain another day. God finished talking to Moses. It took God a long time to persuade Moses to accept to go to Egypt. Finally, he accepted. Okay, okay, okay. I will go. I will go. And on his way to Egypt, God wanted to kill him. God, which one? That's well, this is very funny. Can you imagine? <laughs> so Moses went back to tell his father-in-law that I'm going. I said unto him, let me go. 
they said, no, let's see from verse 22 so we can understand it. So from 22. Thou shalt say to Pharaoh, Thus hear the Lord Israel. Israel is my firstborn. Then let my children go and everything. So he was talking about the message here. But look at verse 24. And it's very funny. Next verse. And it came to pass by the way in the inn that the Lord met him and sought to kill him. <laughs> so Moses listened to God eventually. Okay, you want me to go? After the burning bush, he was arguing. They will not believe me. God said, okay, throw down your rod. He became sad. He said, that's a sign. They will believe you. Put your hand in the bosom. He did. He brought it out. It became white. God said, okay, so they will know that you are a supernatural man. But it's okay, fine. Then Moses said, eh, I can't talk. I'm a stammerer. And God said, who created the tongue? You will talk. I don't know whether Moses was lying by calling himself a, a, a stammerer or whether it was really a stammerer. Because when this guy was talking about him in Acts chapter 7, Stephen said that Moses was mighty in speech. And as a priest, I don't think he was a stammerer. I think we're just looking for every reason not to go to Egypt. That you see, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a samurai. You know? So, God said that, well, we will use you like that. You will go. So, verse 24. God met him and sought to kill him. But look at the next verse. And then Zipporah took a sharp no, stone and cut off the foreskin of her son and cast it at his feet and said, Surely a bloody husband adam me. Verse 26. So he let him go. It's, she says because what happened here I will just explain briefly I don't want to go into details remember that Moses finally he found out one day that he was a Hebrew not a prince of Egypt and God has said to Abraham any male child that will not be circumcised so God said to the forefather of Moses the great great grandpa of Moses Abraham that any child that is not circumcised is cut off should be cut off from my people he has broken my covenant you remember Genesis chapter 15 and Genesis chapter 17 so Moses here was 80 years old and he was yet to be circumcised. And he gave birth to his son and he did not circumcise his son. So that was why God was sending him back to the place of covenant and God said, if I wasn't going to kill him, he just wanted to harass him. That he might take circumcision seriously. How did Zipporah know? She was not an Israeli. If anybody should know, it should be Moses. Who needs mother and everything? But Zipporah was an idol worshiper until Moses married her. But somehow, she knew that I believe what must have happened, the same force that killed all the firstborn in Egypt, there must have been a kind of cloud, dark cloud, and she saw that Moses was passing away. She looked at him and she knew that this thing must be about blood, circumcision. She took a very sharp stone and cut the son's four parts and threw the blood against Moses' leg and the cloud lifted and Moses became well. How did she know? The question men should ask, is your wife like Zipporah? Or when something is about to kill you, she just looking. Amen. In when issues are happening, does she know what to do? These are the see. I I am praying. See, I'm a young. I'm praying. Eh? I'm praying. Yesterday, I was I was I was in prayer, and I was thinking in my heart, that Lord. I know that you have shown me some uncommon things about marriage. That led me to two things. Number one, it caused me to pray more for myself. Because he that thinks he stands, and to him much is given. When you receive much revelation from God, you also receive more temptation. 
Number two, I started praying that, Lord, can you let this message go out? What you listen to this man, this is not a common thing you hear about marriage. People start from outside. Christians are supposed to start from inside out. When the foundation is right, it is better than to start the building. We start talking about the reason for argument. We start talking about, we don't look at the fundamental structurally, everything is already bent for many people. So we talk about remedial causes instead of looking for the real thing that heals the thing from inside out. Jesus prefers to walk from the root out. So when he said to that fig tree that no man eats of thee again, in Mark 11, the Bible said that the tree dried from the root. That is God's nature. He created man spiritually for Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. Then he created man, Genesis chapter 2, he formed him physically. God starts with the most important. All the things I'm sharing with you, argument will disappear. It's not about who carries which load in the budget and all those. Those are the ephemera. They are important. But they are not as important as these all these things. Because if these things are not right, it will affect you when you are sharing roles. Have you spoken to couples that are about to separate before? You understand that some things are spiritual. No matter what you tell the lady, she wants all that she wants you to say is that this guy is the problem. No matter what you tell the guy, all the guy wants is to hear the pastor say that my wife is the devil. And I'm always disappointed on her because I won't call your wife devil, neither will I call your husband devil. There is only one devil. Well, let's not talk about the devil. And it's part of hardness of heart to come pastor and expect that the blame should be healed from the other person. And usually, by the wisdom of God, I ask you one or two questions. You by your mouth say the bad things you are already doing. And my question is that, can you stop what you are doing wrong? Forget about your husband now. Can you stop first of all? Because you hear people saying that, I'm not saying I'm perfect, oh, but... Okay, you, you iron do your part first. Say, he, he's, he's a very wicked man. He is one. I'm not saying that me too, I don't have my own fault. Okay, so you have your fault. Okay, let's start with your fault. Supposing you deal with your fault first. Then we will now deal with your husband. That's, that's very easy. Is somebody hearing me today? She saved Moses. Moses just had an encounter with God. Saw God face to face. Of, or in form of a burning bush. He removed his shoe on the holy place. This wife did not have that kind of encounter. But she still had the spiritual capacity to help the man. The Bible says if one falls. Ah, the other one will lift. It will happen. Therefore can be now you treat people in relation. Your wife can be the one that will help you. To adjust how you address people. And that adjustment is what will help you for life. Might be the one that will help you to check out one wrong friend. And if we just averted in the future with that friend gone. Because you can see that this friend is not good for the family. It appears like a good person. Sometimes your husband that will tell you, that is your friend. Create a measure of distance. He has saved you. I am not talking about husband that is jealous of every friend around the woman. Now I'm not talking about a wife that wants to kill every other person except my husband, me and my husband alone. Discernment is different from suspecting somebody. Because <laughs> also people decide to suspect. <laughs> are, you, are you following me? Praise the Lord. These are deep things that we should consider. Honestly speaking, take the word of God for it. In a true marriage, prosperity is inevitable. It is, it is impossible for people to be rightly connected together. I've told all the, some of the guys here, 
your heaven will open. I don't like using that because it's not a New Testament word already. But then let's just use for to explain something. What they call open your heaven will open when you meet the right person. All the prayers will pray that time. In God's mercy, the prayers have been answered. He keeps them inside the right woman. Because he that finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor. Sometimes it's common among Christian men not to break forth into prosperity until you made the person you are so it shows you your direction you begin to walk in it. you are walking out things friends or blessings are coming out there but there's no major because there is someone that must go with you as a blessing as an endorsement to what you are doing then the heaven opens completely if it opens before ah you will choose the wrong person hallelujah you know the bible says weight of glory i told you for glory has weights and if you are not standing well you will stand and fall hallelujah they said people have held their ground in the time of adversity. Many of them have been known to have fallen in the time of abundance and blessing. More people didn't break in the time of adversity. They broke in the time of blessing. Because there are two sides to a, a coin. A temptation will come from two sides. You are tempted to do the wrong thing, to look for money legally when you are under pressure of money. If you pass that stage, you maintain your ground, you are diligent, you are faithfully following God, doing your business or your job. If you are like that, there is a guarantee under the heaven. I said God is a liar. Your visiting day will come. It's impossible. See that a man is diligent in his business, Proverbs 22, 29, to continue to strive for excellence, to continue to put out your best, and to close in poverty. It's impossible. The break day will come. Hallelujah. So, Diligence pays off. Excellence, he pays. Hallelujah. And those who cut corners can't catch up with him. That's the truth. I've read the story of Kakula and all these things. Everything that diligence invested into has a future. Some might take a long time. Continue. There is a future in it. And when it comes, all we see. But when the abundance comes, then you need to pray for another level of temptation. Because it will attempt to sway you. Hallelujah. Are you with me? Is somebody with me? Mission Boy, they both said one that if I marry someone else, I wouldn't be able to do all the things I'm doing. And there is something about this woman. And say, so if I say tomorrow that it is my do good we are going to, she won't even ask questions. Of course, he has, she, he has earned that kind of trust, that kind of followership. And this, this is important. Hallelujah. Are you with me? This is important. So in setting up a Christian home, this is what we should think about. Next week we are going to look at these seats. Everything is against the body of Christ right now. And some don't know the nature of the battle we are engaging. There is a uh, Franklin Graham. Billy Graham's son is speaking against one particular cartoon in America now. Now, cartoons are being made to project homosexuality as well, and they are... Now, they, they, it's, it's in Canada now, where, where they mention that now, if you want to adopt a child as a couple, and you say you don't believe in homosexuality, they will not give you the child. Because they... Do, and if homosexual, homosexual should go there and say they don't believe in normal marriage, they will still give them. The world is going upside down. And some people don't understand that all the noise against the church of Christ has nothing to do with what a man of God has or what he hasn't done. It's just end time thing. You cannot, as I've told you before, somebody that proved it to me that I believe is David Youngicho, the pastor of the largest church in the world, 
He does not have any exotic car. He lives in a simple three-bedroom flat. Yet, Korean press will tear him into pieces. Some don't understand. It's beyond what you do or what you don't do. The enemy, if you are a crowd giving their lives to Christ in your ministry every day, not me, not you will stand a chance. You can never be right to press. Register that you want and prepare. If you are going to be big for God, prepare for a showdown. This is the kingdom of this world. Some Christians just don't understand. If this devil is the God of this world, he will resist every Christian here. That's the truth. Only Christians who are not doing anything what, what, that's, that's, that's only we will not resist. You start today. If you want to see how vicious the enemy can be, start winning 10 souls every day. I give you a guarantee of one year. You'll be visited by the kingdom of hell. That's what we don't understand. The whole idea is to get people to lose confidence in church, lose confidence in ministers, and if you do that, you aren't going anywhere spiritually. Because by a prophet, God brought Israel out of Egypt. By a prophet, he sustained him. When he said to Moses, I have come down to deliver my people. But he didn't go there straight. He sent a man. But that is the cycle that the enemy wants to cut off. So you don't trust anybody. And the other people will talk like that. that if you don't trust you, then pack your lotion on that church. After all, that's all. So that, 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 that's very simple. But the church will prevail. Before the trumpet sounds, we will not say that we win the we don't need the approval of men. But we'll keep winning souls. We keep touching lives. When the trumpet sounds to separate wheat from chaff. Then the real the rogues among ministers will disappear. In fact, before the trumpet sound, the judgment is set. Bible says the judgment will begin in the house of God. The spirit that has said so. So it will start from the house. But the truth of the matter is this people are serving God like never before. You concentrate on what God has sent you to do and do your assignments. Are you, are you following me? But we need believers to make marriage work. That we might be a living witness to many people. How do you want all of you that are not married here? Please hear me very well. Vow in your life that nobody will come to your house and settle problems. And I'm not saying that the time that you are avoiding, you know, some people when they tell not to marry someone, they marry the person, when it's punching them, they hide it from their friends. So that the friends will not say, didn't we tell you? Well, number one, I don't use the word, didn't I tell you? Any Christian brother or sister that is in trouble, all they need is our prayer and our support, not us rubbing it on their face. Maybe I told you. So does that make you now appear like, uh, I don't know. That's not the nature of Christ. Now, say that I told you. I told you a lot of people not to do something, they did it and it backfired. I'll be the first point to call for fasting for them. I'm not about to glory in the Father, actually. So didn't we tell you, hey, now see yourself now. What does that achieve? Uh, the devil is oppressing somebody, we are oppressing the person with our words also. Even those who speak against, which I detest so much when I have people speak against pastors and the rest, I don't wish them evil. I pray for them for their conversion. Because it's just a mindset. It's a way of thinking. It's a way of thinking. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Amen. But there's something about where your home is rightly built. It becomes an example to many. This can be a very mighty witness. Believe me sincerely, you are not as detached as you think you are. There are people, colleagues, friends, unbelievers around you who are watching the way your family is set up. Make up your mind that you won't fail in this regard. If you are not yet married, measure a man. At least I've told you two or three now. The assignments. Can this person lift me up if I fall in that sense? Does he have the capacity? Can we bring about together godly seats? Those are important questions to ask. And I spoke about it, I said that one cannot be warm alone if you lie down. 
that talks about sexual intimacy, but beyond that, that's the next thing. It goes beyond that. It also says, I said that as your body can get cold, your heart can get cold also. Issues can make your heart cold. Can the man warm you up? Can the woman warm you up? This is very important. Give me that pro- Ecclesiastes 4 again. 10, 11, and we close. Have you heard me today? Have you heard me today? If your marriage, if you, hear, after hearing me, you are feeling that I'm far from everything you are, you are saying, start first of all about God's purpose for your life. And if you are praying about your wife or your husband, start praying. Maybe now you fight and things are exactly upside down. Maybe you are here, your husband is not even here, you are here, your wife is not here. Things are degenerated into another level. You are just merely living together. Start still with that number one. Start praying about assignments. Begin to ask God, what is God's purpose for you? And what is God's purpose for your husband? You see, the marriage could have been wrongly entered into. The Bible says the time of ignorance, God has overlooked. So it can start, the process of God's mercy begins to work again. It makes something new out of the old. Amen. Amen. The only people that God, because what Papa Egin taught us, God will do responsible for the level of knowledge you have. You have to walk by the level of light that you have. So if you are hearing me as a single person, and you still want to go out there, make some wrong choice and make something, I guarantee you, you will suffer. Because to whom much is given. You are listening to all these things, but you just want to step out. And, because it takes a measure of discipline to walk in the light. So pick up your Bible to study. You, could be, you can be watching TV or anything. So these things will not fall on you like a bag of sherry. You are to walk in them. And walking in the truth is a personal thing. There are things that God will not do for you. He has done all on the cross. He won't do something. He didn't wear your shoe for you this morning. You wore it by yourself. So if you listen to this message and think that because you are in this kind of church, this message will just walk in your life. No, you walk into it. You walk in the light of what you have received. Many times I stood to speak like this and people still go back to do their own thing and everything. No, 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 no. Too much is given, more quiet. It's true. Amen. God brought you here to hear this kind of thing because He has a great plan for your marriage. And if you are married and everything, no matter the level of your marriage now, I'm telling you that God has a plan. He believes in it. He has a plan for your marriage. That's why you are here. Otherwise, you wouldn't be hearing what you're hearing this morning. Amen. Amen. Verse 11. I have to close now. My time is up. If they fall, verse 11. If two lie together, we will start with this. Let me stop here. Have you heard me today? Is someone, someone, someone blessed today? Yes, oh Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus, Holy Father, put an end to argument in homes. Father, let your peace reign in all the homes of people listening to me. Those who are about to make choices, guide them, Lord. In the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father. Mm. Lord Jesus. Look at me. See, there is a reason. Few times. And it happened a few weeks ago. About two weeks ago or so. Somebody told me after a meeting we had that I'm into homosexuality and the Lord said I tell that spirit to leave the person. I'm not I love the person. I'm, it has happened a few times in my life that God told me to address 
anytime I pray for people like that, they will fall down, start. Then I, knew, I would know that, I would know uh, that day I felt that the thing went out of him. Many times, the way the adversary works, the way the, the way the devil works, he plants something in people. And it takes somebody who can discern to see and tell that thing to get out. When a person is free like that, you've got to get up and store yourself with the word of God. If there is a vacuum, when a spirit, it is a spirit that you drive out by yourself that will not likely come back. Once an external person is involved, like a pastor, if he commands a thing to leave you. Now, a Christian can be possessed, but a Christian can be oppressed by the devil. Because the Holy Spirit dwells in your spirit, man, so it's impossible for an evil spirit to come in. But evil spirit can reside in your soul and really oppress. When you tell the spirit to go, it goes. But when I am not there, or the person who prayed for you not there again, the spirit will come back. If it meets the same space there, it will come back with more wicked spirits. Are you with me? Now I said that to say something. When you say people are into this kind of thing, something makes them desire a person of the same sex. I have dealt with this issue also in marriages and I pray with people. Something also makes people. Sometimes some people just don't want to be with the right person. I have met women before. They met a man that fits all this description I've given. But somehow they tilt towards one that is far from it. Sometimes it's not normal. And it's not that the guy is not handsome. He's handsome. But something in them disconnects. And I can't force you to choose somebody there's no connection. But I can tell you to begin straight away to pray. Because when the enemy has a trap for somebody, he makes you like what you shouldn't like. And he makes you dislike what you should like. Some of the people have gone into trouble will tell you they didn't know why they started longing for something. It's not normal for a guy to start having on affinity for the housemaid. And you look at the housemaid, she's not in anything near the wife. Until it goes the way, then his eyes clears. So sometimes desires are put in our heart that are not godly. To resist our ability to make right choices. You have to pray. As people with wrong inclination towards things. How many people have met me in this church who told me of their unusual kind of desire for, you know, they get money, they just waste it. And what they are buying is not something they really like. You see all kinds of issues developing in people. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I once prayed with a woman. As she's a pastor's wife. Woman. As she told me, thank God she, she also started praying about it. She came to me and she said, you know what? My husband is a pastor. When he travels, I start thinking about him sexually. I desire him so much that I'm turned on. He said, but when he's around, I deprive him. She avoids him. When, she, when he's in the room, she's at, at the situation where she, when he comes, like that. And severally, the guy will almost break down and complain that, do you want to push me out? That we are not intimate. And she'll be like, hey, my work, my this one. 
But as soon as the girl, every time he traveled, she will be tossing to and fro on the bed in night and be, tell me that is normal. You only have affinity for somebody when he's away. You desire him to the point that inside you something is, that you almost control yourself from masturbating. Then the guy comes and you starve him of sex. Then he travels and these are occurring orchestrations of the wicked spirits. Tampering with people's mind and imagination. That's why the Bible says that the weapons are what we cast down every imagination and everything that exalts itself. It talks about mindset that contradicts the word of God. But it also means some things that are coming up that they oppose the truth of God in you. They have to come down. Hallelujah. Next week Sunday is the last session on marriage. Both first and second services by the grace of God. We will end it in prayer and I will take questions. But honor will take questions for us. In fact, that's why I said that this thing can go on for the next another two months without finishing. Because I've not even got into physical stuff, spending money, all those things. But boy, they already did a good job. I want to say something to you. We will pray next week. I will take questions. Then we will all pray together. Say amen. amen. I want to pray for everybody. If there are forces at work, they will go. Amen. But take the word of God and apply it and live by the word. Hallelujah. Amen. Are you with me? Shall we rise? Blessed be the name of the Lord. Thank you for listening to the teaching of Pastor Shola Oshumakinde. We believe you have been blessed. Worship with us at David's Court, number 25 Mojidi Street, off Twin Street, Ikeja, Lagos. On Sundays, our first service starts by 8 a.m. and our second service by 10 a.m. While our midweek service starts by 7 p.m. on Wednesdays. Go and do great things. God bless you.